This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by This Is Not Church podcast and the letter F. And you. (laughs) (laughs) If you've made it this far, my name is Nat Turney, my brother John Turney, and I co-host This Is Not Church, the podcast. And this is sadly the level of discourse that you can expect to find if you tune in every Monday when we drop new episodes. But all joking aside, John and I see this as as an opportunity for us to address issues that we don't think are addressed nearly enough inside of evangelicalism. So LGBTQIA plus issues, BIPOC issues, social justice issues. We like to talk to a broad variety and range of people and really try to find places of commonality for everybody. So check out the podcast. Every Monday, our episodes drop. Wherever you stream podcasts, you can find us. Remember, this is not church. And to that, John says, Peace. This is Wendy Giles, and I always have a second cup with Keith. It's the best part of my day. Hello, and welcome back to Second Cup with Keith. I'm your host, Keith Giles. And in this episode, I really wanted to talk about something that I know I've struggled with a lot, and I've talked to people who also have struggled with something really similar, and that is prayer. And for a lot of people, once you've gone through, you know, sort of deconstructing what you believe about the inerrancy of Scripture or, you know, eternal conscious torment or penal substitution, um, your view of God, your idea of who God is and what God is like really becomes more Christ-like. You really start to see that um, that maybe what you should have done all along is to see G- to see God through the lens of Jesus. And, and I don't know about you, but again, I, this is something that as I have um, shifted on my theological views, as my view of God becomes more Christ-like, I just don't know sometimes how to approach prayer anymore. And what I mean is, I don't know how to approach prayer the way I was taught prayer and, and, and the way it was modeled to me growing up. And so, and what do I mean by that? Well, I guess I mean that, you know, I still have this automatic reflexive uh, response that whenever anything bad happens, uh, either to me or one of my kids or or one of my family members or my my good friends, they go through a bad, you know, something, something, they get sick or their kids are sick or they lose their job, you know, something really traumatic happens and unexpected happens. My automatic response is still... To either say, you know, oh, God, please fix this, right? To kind of start begging God uh, to please care about something. And um, oh, oh, and or, you know, I, I have this re- reflexive need to like post on social media, hey, please pray for me or, you know, going through a hard time, please pray for me. And, and, and what I'm doing when I do that is I'm asking, you know, as many people as possible to pray for the situation. And and now I know I would never say, most of us would never say it this way. We never express it this way. But I think the, the way we behave sometimes, it's as if we believe that there is some magic number of people. We don't know what it is. Is it 100, 200? Is it 1,000? Is it 2,000? We're not sure exactly. But we, we kind of act as if that if we could just get this magical number of people to all pray together at the same time and just basically flood God's inbox with requests or knock on his door and scream and yell, 
that eventually God will be like, okay, ah, all right, I'll, I'll do something, right? I'll show compassion. I'll do, I'll move in some way. And that as if what God is doing is just sort of sitting back and doing nothing until we annoy God enough that God responds. So I just have come to the place that I realize that all of those reflexive things that I still am, am uh, kind of conditioned to do when something bad happens, if I really am honest, I don't really believe that the, that any of that has anything to do with, with who God is and what God is really like anymore. And so because of that, um, it's really made me question, how am I supposed to pray anymore? I mean, I really, I really struggled with this. I don't know if you have. Um, but I'm just going to share with you the things that I've struggled with and a conversation that I had with some friends of mine recently around this topic and, and some things we had come up with uh, regarding this idea of sort of deconstructing and reconstructing the way we approach prayer. So I guess initially I would say that, you know, that whole approach of prayer, uh, that response to difficulty by asking God to intervene, again, that that is assuming something that I don't think is true. It's assuming God doesn't already know about it. Like, why do I have to tell God that something bad happened? Doesn't God already know that? Well, yeah, of course God already knows that. So what, what am I doing? Why am I, oh God, this thing happened. Um, and then, you know, I'm, and then when I'm praying about the situation, you know, I'm telling God to to care. I'm, it's like I'm begging God to to respond, to have a heart, to have compassion on either myself or, or my loved one that's suffering. Well, don't I believe that God already, not only does God already know about it, but that God's heart is already moved with compassion and love for my friends. Because if God knows that my friends are suffering or that I'm suffering, isn't God also automatically, you know, also moved? It doesn't God also automatically care? Right? Of course God does. So since I don't believe any longer that I need to tell God that there's a problem, I believe God already knows. I don't need to beg God to care about the problem or the person because I believe God already does love that person and care about that person more than I do. I also don't believe that if I can just get enough people, you know, on my side who all will pray at the same time, that if I can get a five people, 10 people, 100 people, 500 people, 1,000 people, 2,000 people, if we can all just hold hands or, or agree together in prayer, that if enough of us pray, we can make God do something. We can... We can move God to action. I don't believe that anymore. I think I used to believe that, but I don't anymore. And so, since I know now what I kind of don't believe about prayer, so what What do I believe about prayer? Like, if that doesn't work, what does work? And so, I was having this exact conversation a few, well, a few months ago now, um, with some people in my Square One course. So I started this group called Square One about two years ago. Um, 
it's specifically designed for people that are deconstructing their faith and are looking for a community of people to kind of come alongside them and help them think through and process things just like this. And um, anyway, so we were we were having a conversation on a Zoom call together on a Saturday, and someone brought up the fact that they are they wrestle with and struggle with this whole idea of prayer. And a lot of people are agreeing, like, yep, I know what you mean. I'm in the same boat. And so in that conversation, we came up with about, um, I think there's like four different kinds of prayer that we no longer believe in and that we no longer practice. So I want to go through those quickly, just kind of these four prayers, four kinds of prayers that we identified that we no longer believe in or practice. Uh, and then I want to share with you, we came up with like five kinds of prayer that really do work for us now now that we've deconstructed and, and began to reconstruct our faith. Uh, and I want to share that with you as well. So first, let me just talk about the things that we identified. These are the four types of prayers that we identified that no longer work for us. The first kind of prayer is begging prayers. And that's kind of, I already alluded to that, this idea that... Um, in any kind of prayers that are, are designed to basically beg God, plead with God to care. Um, because again, that that sort of assumes God doesn't already care. And I know God does. So I, I, we, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to beg God anymore. And those prayers kind of sound like, oh God, please heal my friend. Oh God, please, you know, um, help my children. Oh God, please heal this person. Those kinds of things, right? Instead of Asking God or begging God to to love or to care or to be concerned with or to have compassion for people who are suffering, um, I assume God already has compassion for those people. So we're no longer comfortable, you know, with those kinds of prayers. The second kinds of prayers we're no longer comfortable with were prayers that substitute for actions. And so this, these kinds of prayers are, are the kinds of prayers uh, where we ask God to perform acts of kindness to other people, um, really so that we don't have to, right? I think that is really the wrong way to pray. And prayers like that would be like you're in your car and you're stopped at a light and there's someone standing there with a sign and... They're asking for money and it says that they're hungry or something. And you just say, you say, hey, God, please bless this person. And then the light changes and you drive on by. So those kind of prayers um, really don't believe in that anymore. Because in those situations, it's like, why I'm asking God to show mercy and kindness to this other human being. But I'm not willing to show God. I'm sorry, I'm not willing to show this person kindness and mercy, right? And so why am I asking God to show this person kindness and mercy? In those situations, I really think God is saying to us, no, God's prayer is, is to us is that we would show kindness and compassion to that person, right? We're, we're there. We're standing right next to them. We're walking right by them. We're driving right near them. Um, we can see with our eyes that they're hungry, that they're cold, that they're thirsty, that they are in need of some kind of uh, comfort or uh, provision of some kind that we could provide, right? We could do something. And so rather than asking God to do something, maybe we should do it, right? There's a, a quote, I think it's 
Charles Spurgeon, please forgive me if it's not. I I, th- I think it might have been Charles Spurgeon, but but if not him, then some other um, kind of older, well known, well respected Christian author, pastor, leader, person. Uh, but I believe it was Spurgeon said something like this. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. He said something like, "We should never forget that we cannot do the things that God can do, but God will not do the things that we can do." And, and that quote is specifically addressing exactly what I'm talking about, right? Why are we praying and asking God to do something that we are not ourselves willing to do, especially if it's something that we are capable of doing? So in these situations, if I have eyes to see, if I have a heart that's, that's burdened for another person, I shouldn't be praying and asking God to respond or asking God to do something. I should be willing to do something. I should be the answer to my own prayer, right? Um, and so, yeah, that, that's definitely the kind of a prayer I no longer want to pray. The third kind of prayer I don't want to pray anymore are sort of these wish list prayers, right? It's just sort of like uh, treating God like Santa Claus. And, and those prayers sound like, God, give me a raise. God, give me a new car. God, uh, you know, God, God, give me blank, right? Fill in the blank. And so, um, yeah, I, I just don't think that's the way God works. Um, I don't think it's like, um, that's not what prayer is about. <laughs> just sort of like giving God my wish list, my my, uh, my 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 Christmas list, right? Here's what I want for Christmas and, um, you know, give me these things, right? As in, as, in, as if God is an order taker, uh, as if God is just sitting there waiting for us to tell him what we want and then he'll give it to us, right? Um, so yeah, I don't believe in those kinds of prayers anymore. Now I do think it's possible and and perhaps, you know, if you're, if you are in conversation with God, um, and you genuinely need a new job to provide for your family, or if your car really is breaking down and maybe it is in the shop and it breaks down all the time and it's costing you a lot of money, maybe you do need a new car, right? Maybe you need a raise. And, and so those are genuine. Those are honest. But those aren't the kind of things I'm talking about. Those aren't, hey, God, just give me stuff. If you genuinely have a need, of course, you know, in conversation with God, you're going to say something like that. Like, hey, God, I really need a new job. But even in those cases, right? Well, look, if you need a new job, then, well, you could answer your own prayer, right? Uh, go on LinkedIn. Go on Indeed or Monster.com. Upload your resume. Um, contact a few friends of yours. Do some interviews. And, and see if you can get a new job. Uh, if you need a new car, well, you know, go to the used car lot. Uh, see, see if you can find a good deal on something. So, in other words, there are things we can do about those needs if we have genuine needs. But needs are different than sort of a gimme, right? Gimme this, gimme that. And so anyway, those kinds of wishless prayers, I, I don't want to pray them anymore. If it comes down to something, no, I really need this this is important. Then absolutely, I would, I would have, I would mention that in conversation with God, um, perhaps. But then I would also then move and take steps to actually solve those problems. And then the final kind of prayers I don't pray anymore are the kinds of prayers we call them identity swap prayers. This is when we pray to God, assuming that God only cares about the things that we care about, right? 
I mean, an example might be something like, oh, God, please let the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Right. So um, that's assuming that God is a Dallas Cowboys fan because I am. By the way, I'm not. I'm just using it as an example. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, um, yeah, it's like those kinds of prayers, they're so shallow and all so specific to you and your, um, the, the kind of things that God really, uh, I don't believe God cares who wins a, a, a sports game or something like that, right? It's just really shallow level prayers. And again, the kind of prayers that just assume that, um, you know, God's favorite whatever is the same as your favorite whatever. Uh, because obviously that can't make sense if God loves everyone and there's someone down the road who is praying that another team would win uh, the same game, right? That That's kind of ridiculous. Anyway, so um, what are the kinds of prayers that, that do work? I mean, really, this, this is where we at least came up with five kinds of prayers that we now feel comfortable praying, right? So the first one would be an alignment prayer. This this is um, when we sit down, we get it, we sit in silence, and we just, you know, that whole thing about be still and know. So you sit in silence, and you really just experience God's presence. And, and you kind of become, you find yourself getting in tune with the frequency of the divine. And when you do that, you sort of, um, you feel attuned with God, and you feel like, um, everything else kind of fades away and you begin to meet God in the moment and then you can suddenly um, you become aware of what God is already doing right now in the world around you in this very moment. Now a prayer like that doesn't sound like anything. It just sounds like silence. It sounds like being still. It sounds like knowing. And those kind of prayers absolutely I I'm absolutely comfortable with those kinds of prayers. Um, another prayer might be a letting go prayer. This is when our prayers revolve around recognizing areas or things that we need to let go of. Whether that's surrendering our need to be right all the time, our need to control situations or other people, uh, our need to coerce people or manipulate people or God, um, or anything else, right? And so those prayers might if, if, if there's anything said at all, it's, it's maybe just a prayer of like, you know, your will be done, or this is okay, or, or this is just the way it is. And so it's coming to a place of acceptance with the way things are. And, um, and unless it's something like people are suffering injustice or things like that, um, just learning to be at peace and at rest uh, and n- not needing to control other people or situations but um, reaching a place of um, yeah, contentment in the moment, learning to live in the moment. And so we call those letting go prayers. Um, another type of prayer, the third type of prayer, is gratitude. Now listen, i got to tell you, gratitude is powerful. Gratitude is so, so powerful. In fact, in Square One, we spend an entire week just practicing gratitude. And uh, every day of the week, there's a different exercise that we go through for practicing gratitude. And, and I'm telling you, it is so beautiful and so powerful, and it really does. Um, there have been studies done by several universities and several psychologists that um, when we practice gratitude, it really does rewire our brain. It changes our body chemistry, our brain chemistry. 
Uh, it reduces stress and anxiety. And, and practicing gratitude, when we just simply stop and become grateful for all of the very simple blessings and the good things, the small miracles, sunrises and sunsets, cool breezes, and, you know, just being thankful and grateful for things in our life each and every day. And that that's so powerful and so beautiful. And I absolutely am very, very com- comfortable with prayers of gratitude. Typically, what I try to do a couple times a week, I'd love to do it every day, but to be honest, I don't always do it every day. But um, if I can, I like to take daily walks around the neighborhood. And when I do that, I mean, those are gratitude walks. Like I, I just automatically, naturally start walking and I walk outside my house and start walking down the sidewalk. And the first thing I start to do is feel intense gratitude. And I just start thanking God for everything, for all the good things. And and when I come around, you know, I come like half an hour later, I come back to my house. I feel so much better. And uh, those have been wonderful. I really love, I love taking my gratitude walks. Um, another type of prayer is empathy. And this is when we enter into uh, and share in the the suffering and the sorrows of other people. Because we realize that God's heart also is broken for people who suffer and who weep. And uh, prayers of empathy are, are, again, very, really, really powerful. I'm totally, totally comfortable entering into prayers of, of empathy and compassion for other people. Because, I, again, I believe that this is what God is like. I believe this is what God's heart is, Right? these sort of groans, um, these this deep, deep groaning within uh, that sort of, um, that words can't express, as it says in Romans, right? So those kinds of prayers, absolutely no problem with those kinds of prayers. And finally, prayers of transformation. And this is when um, your inner sort of tuning fork begins to resonate with the heart of God and the presence of God, and we rest in this process of recognizing that we are being constantly transformed, slowly but surely, into the image of Christ. And this kind of prayer, most of us don't think of this as a way of praying, but but if we can make that shift, um, you know, this becomes um, a necessary agreement um, that we have that, that an agreement that we are sometimes in these places where we need to to uh, receive mercy from other people or to ask other people for forgiveness or to extend forgiveness to others who may have, may have harmed us um, this is part of this transformation process that we're going through and, and listen, if we're going through a transformation, spiritual transformation like this, by being in connection with God, by being daily in the presence of God, of taking this time, as we've been talking about, to express gratitude, to let go, to come into alignment, to express empathy, then as we're doing that, we're going to become aware of areas that we need to grow, areas that we need to change, maybe ways that we're already changing. In other words, we're not exerting effort, we're not changing ourselves, but we become aware that we are changing and we become aware of the, in in what ways um, 
that transformation is taking place. And then we want to just agree with that and say yes to that and, uh, and allow that to happen. Uh, one person in this conversation we were having suggested that the only reason they still pray was because they love their Abba and they know that their Abba loves them and that God loves to hear their voice and to spend time with them and sit with them. And when you can approach it from that perspective, when you can recognize that that God's heart, God's desire is just to spend time with you, just to just to uh, experience you experiencing God, right? It's there's this kind of beautiful symbiotic uh, kind of relationship that starts to happen, where you are aware of God's presence, and in that moment you're aware that God is enjoying your presence as well. When all you're doing is existing, all you're doing is breathing in and breathing out and sitting quietly and resting. And then, as we said, being grateful, showing compassion and learning to let go and recognizing this process of transformation that we're going through, having grace for ourselves and grace for one another. So again, I don't know about you, but those are the kinds of prayer that I am really, really comfortable with and really excited about. I can't ever again go back to this way of praying where I'm asking God to do stuff. I'm begging God to be good. Uh, I'm reminding God of things that as if God doesn't already know them, or I'm participating in some kind of a system that that acts as if we believe that if we could just get this magical number of people to to beg God loud enough and long enough that we might get God to actually finally just give up and and show any kind of you know concern or care or compassion for our suffering. I don't believe those things anymore. I can't believe those things anymore. And I can't participate in any kind of prayer life that reinforces that really wrong idea, at least in my opinion, uh, of who God is and what God is like. I believe that God loves all of us, knows what we need before we ask. And, um, yeah, I hope this is helpful for you. I hope as you consider what prayer is like for you and what works for you when you come to have some kind of conversation or connection with God. Uh, And if nothing else, maybe you've never thought about these things before. I think it's a good idea just to stop and think about it. The ways that we approach prayer, are they saying what we really honestly believe about the character and nature of God? Um, and if not, then yeah, maybe we need to rethink what that really should look like. So thank you so much for spending time with me in this episode of Second Cup with Keith. Uh, I really love doing these podcasts and uh, sharing this time with you. I would also recommend that um, as I was mentioning, Square One in this episode, uh, our next round of Square One is starting really soon. Uh, we typically take 15 to 20 people on this journey. Um, takes about 90 days. It's about 12 weeks. Um, there's a weekly video lesson to watch, uh, some light homework to do during the week, and a weekly Zoom call every Saturday for about an hour. Uh, where we get to meet with other people who are also in Square One check in with each other, see how we're doing, how are we processing. Again, none of us are on the same page. None of us are deconstructing or reconstructing at quite the same pace. And that's okay. 
Um, we don't even have to agree. None of this is based on us being at the same point at the same time or agreeing on theology or anything like that. Um, it's really just about being there for each other, being a community, supporting one another. Um, and that's what I love about Square One. If you would like to join us, if this sounds like something you really need, um, yeah, I would I would encourage you to meet us at Square One. Um, you can find out about Square One. Well, I would say you can find, usually there's a link to uh, to Square One on my blog. That's keychiles.com. You can, uh, usually at the bottom of all my blog posts there, there's usually a little link there. I'm offering 75% off. Uh, right now, and you can break those into three monthly payments if, if that's easier for you, no problem. You can also contact me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, yeah, just let me know you're interested, and I'm happy to answer any questions you have. I know that over 100 people now for the last two years have been really blessed. I, I have loved seeing people grow and heal and mature and find uh, find their community in square one. So yeah, if that feels like something you'd like to do, I'd love to have you in our square one community. So please let me know about that. Um, but yeah, if you are going to do it, do it soon because we're starting in a couple of weeks here. And um, yeah, thank you again so much for listening to second cup with Keith. Um, I look forward to sharing a second cup with you again very, very soon. Take care.